Hello, welcome to Life Coaching on the Move podcast. I'm your host, Dawn Fisk. Um, If you are my regular listener, um, welcome back. I am really, really privileged that you keep choosing to come back. Um, Thank you so much for your loyalty and your commitment. Um, If you are new to this podcast though, if you're brand new to this podcast, I'm excited that you found it. It's, um, this is me, I just chat away, Um, I'm not reading off a script or anything like that, just talk um, about my thoughts, about stories that I've had recently or experiences I've had in the past or those of many, many clients that I work one-to-one with. I draw on those examples without naming any names ever. Um, on a host of different subjects. It's predominantly a confidence podcast, but it's also a well-being podcast about you achieving much more, about you feeling a lot better in your in yourself, in your life, um, with the challenges that life presents us, uh, with your resilience, with your inner belief, and everything around that. So it's a personal growth podcast. Um, if you are new to the to this series, it may well be worthwhile going back and listening to some of the older previous episodes. There are about 39 or 40 um, previous episodes. And if you are able to do that, then I would strongly recommend you, you listen to at least the first three or four. Uh, so go right back to the beginning because uh, those three or four are basically the foundation from which all of my other podcasts fall out of, if you see what I mean. So um, those are the, the better ones to listen to to get an understanding of how I coach and who I am and my approach with clients. Uh, so they're well worth a visit, those ones. Um, and if you enjoy those, then feel free to check out all of them, really. Um, this week's episode... Um, uh, is recorded whilst I am sat at my son's school waiting for them to warm up for a hockey match. So fear not, if you can hear noise in the background, what sounds like potentially little small explosions, I am not in a war zone. Um, I am in fact there, they're warming up and the the noise, the banging that you can hear is uh, what the hockey ball hitting the backboard of the goal. Um, So yeah you can hear chatter and some some noise in the background so as always i'm multitasking i was sat there before his match started and then got out walked the dog around killed three birds with one stone watched the hockey got some exercise and fresh air as you know i'm all passionate about that and walked the dog so um and did my podcast with you guys this week's episode is um uh, an exciting little episode a bit of a pep talk really about why and how not to compare yourselves uh, with others, how and why we sometimes elevate everybody else or others, particular others, up on a pedestal and necessarily then put ourselves down. It's about how to stop doing that and why we must stop doing that in terms of you being an absolute miracle um, and celebrating that fact. So it's motivational, I hope inspirational, and practical. So feel free to listen to that now and enjoy this week's podcast. Today's subject is about comparison um, and about how you feel about yourself, in yourself, with regard to how you feel towards others um, and how that might be affecting you, how it might be holding you back, how it might be impacting on your life. 
Um, so many of my clients, especially when I'm working with young people, which I do a lot of um, youth coaching or under 25s coaching, teenagers, etc. So many of them say, yeah, but I'm not as pretty as her or I'm not as um, fast as him or strong as him or... Um, um, you know, whatever it is, clever, I'm not as clever as them, or whatever, um, which in itself might be fairly, fairly innocuous. But actually, once that starts to happen, that filters out into other areas of our life. Um, the young people stop, for example, putting their hands up in class in case, well, they're all cleverer than me, I'm not as bright as everybody else, so um, I won't put my hand up and have a go, because I'll get it wrong and they'll all laugh, laugh at me or um as they get older um uh, as i coach sort of early adulthoods um if there is such a phrase i won't apply for that job because somebody else will be clever or somebody else will be more suitable um and more right for that role than me so there's no point going through that process um so on and so on so that that mindset starts to grow that mindset it starts to filter out in all areas of their lives and therefore the consequence starts to become they hold themselves back so they don't go forward um, for the job interview or the university placements or um, auditions or trying out in sport or whatever because other people will be better than them or they won't ask somebody out or go out on a date and start dating or trying to have a relationship because they won't be interested in me, they won't like me, they won't find me attractive, for example. So we, uh, this this poison of comparing ourselves um, can be really debilitating. As we get older, um, it, can, it can impact on our homes, our car, what car we drive, what car the neighbours are driving, and comparing our car with their car, comparing our home with somebody else's house, comparing our holiday destination where, where others or our friends on Facebook or whatever have recently been travelling to and, you know, not wanting to say that we've just stayed and done a staycation and um, gone to Cornwall, Devon, Wales, whatever, because all our friends seem to be going to safari for example so it is a worry it truly is a worry and um, because what why are we doing that and I think social media is not helping don't get me wrong social media has some great benefits some great uses the internet everything it's it, it's progress and it's advancement but the downside is what we start to do is compare our the our internal our inside with other people's outside because all we see on social media is the outside uh, picture photos of them at the airport photos of them watching the sun go down um, with a beautiful cocktail in their hands we only see the polished version that others want to put forward and it's only the their external so we start comparing our internal I'm not as good as them I'm not as clever as them I'm not as capable as them I'm not as loving and as happy as them I'm not as funny as them we're comparing our inside with their external. So first of all, that's similar to trying to compare apples with pears. It's just not a fair comparison. We have no idea whatsoever what they are 
living with, what they're battling with potentially, what they what their insecurities and their vulnerabilities are. Um, so it's, it isn't a fair comparison. And believing that you're not as good as them for whatever reason, in whatever measure you are putting forward, it's self-imposed measure, it's, it's, inequ- um, it's unbalanced, there's no uh, fairness to it, it's not a fair measure. Uh, but more than anything, why are you measuring yourself anyway? Why are we measuring ourselves? Why does it matter? Why does it matter what dizzy heights they've achieved in their sport or their career or how many bedrooms they've got in their house or how large their garden is or how much nicer their car is? It doesn't matter. It doesn't bring us happiness anyway. Uh, because we're just chasing external things. And even if we do get that better car or one more bedroom or a larger garden or whatever, we're then thinking about the next thing anyway. Because very soon the smell of a new car, that lovely, lovely smell when you sit in someone's new car, that fades very quickly anyway. Very quickly it's got mud and dirt all over and a few scratches where you've caught the bushes, you know, as you're squeezing through a, a tight Um, road that you have to pull over for for somebody else you know it's not a brand new car or a new car or whatever for very long all of those things are short-lived so they're not going to bring you long-term happiness I was thinking about this last night I was thinking what in my history has given me greatest happiness and you might want to do this exercise Um, other than obviously if there's been a wedding day or the arrival of the birth of your children, if that if you've gone through that yet, they're going to be massive. Let's take those big, significant, understandably um, monumental days out of it. Just just normal routine things. What normal routine days, um, weeks, months? What within that time? gives you happiness what what moments can you recall over the years other than those big events that you felt most happy within yourself most content within yourself most feeling of satisfaction within yourself and it's I bet it's fairly normal things it's not the moment you drove that car off the forecourt or um got the keys to your house it really isn't in fact do spend some time thinking about this i was i was mulling it over as i say last night what moments in my life when i look back do i wish i could repeat do i wish i could just go back to just for for a little bit longer did i did I cherish? Did I feel the happiest and most content? And you know what it was? The The answer that I came up with last night were actually the moments where I was spending time with the people that I really, really cherished um, and those special moments. I think oh, I, I may have mentioned on here that we lost my mum years ago to uh, cancer, uh, which was a, a horrible loss. It was a dif- difficult time, as you can imagine, and, and many of you may have already been through something similar yourself. But what it did was we then became suddenly much closer to my dad. <clears throat> my dad, being daughters, we would ring up, Hi, Dad, it's me. Yeah, Do you want your mother? And he would put Mum on the phone, for example. It was always kind of seen in his eyes, 
because I, whether it's because we were daughters or what, that we wanted to have a, a chat with mum more than him. He would ask, where are you? How's work or whatever? But it wasn't, it was always assumed that our long conversation would be with mum. Um, when we visited, especially when uh, we started to have children ourselves, my sisters and I and, th- and my brother, um, it was always assumed that mum would be the one that would have the baby and be jigging the baby around or um, pushing the buggy or, or um, whatever. Dad would very much go on the periphery. He would uh, go in the kitchen and make us a cup of tea or he might go off and take the dog for a walk. And I could join him. Would you, do you want to come walk with the dog? Sometimes we'd take my little one in the back. He would put the my son as a toddler on his back and carry him, etc. So it was very much dad was on the periphery, rightly or wrongly at the time. But when mum died, and also for a few years, mum was very poorly. We knew she had terminal cancer. And of course, naturally, the attention was going to be on visiting mum asking how mum was and dad would take that chance to get some respite and he would go off and he wasn't now the the main carer he could grab some time to go off around the woods and get some fresh air and some relief really so um when mum passed away it meant it was just dad so for a few years his dementia got much worse when she died and I think the loss of her brought that dementia on and worsened it significantly um because of the trauma obviously um, it had its effects and, and we became much more aware of, I don't know whether he had had that severe dementia beforehand or whether it worsened when mum died, but it now became apparent that he was really suffering. And so as time went by, he needed more and more care. He could no longer drive a year or two later. He was dangerous. It was risky, so we would have to drive him to the supermarket, do his shopping with him, drive him to doctor's appointments, dentist, haircuts, whatever it was. Um, he soon couldn't cook for himself or clean or wash himself and, th- you know, to take care of himself. As he deteriorated, our care um, had to increase. Um, but the biggest gift of all in that was that we really, really got to know him in a way. We got to spend special time with him we got to we we got to care for our dad and give something back and the special the moments where I had really happy moments really content um just that feeling of you knew your purpose you were doing something worthwhile you were happy you were in your right place were those moments with him or other times I think back also my grandma had um she she died of motor neuron disease so she also needed lots of visits and um lots of love and lots of care physical care of course she couldn't feed herself and towards the end and things like that but visiting her were special moments because thankfully until the very end virtually till the day before she went she maintained she she was able to still speak she couldn't move from the neck down um at all but she could speak up until about the day before she passed away. And she completely had her marbles about her, completely. Um, and so we would have some really, really lovely conversations with her. They were lovely visits. Um, she was so grateful that we visited. They were really happy, lovely times with her, despite everything that she was suffering. Um, they were magical moments with her. Um, 
and with mum when she was going. Or the other moments when I think back were with the children, um, caring for them, looking after them when they'd fallen down and hurt their knee and they came running up to you and give you a big bear hug and cry into your neck and sob because they're hurt and things like that. It isn't. The, mem- the memories and the moments that I've got where you really feel happy, rewarded, content, caring and cared for and loving and loved are those moments. They are not the material things. They are not the big grandiose things and the, the very posh expensive holidays or anything. Yes, they're in there. But then they're not the big things that really, really matter. That if I could have my time back, if I could wind the clock back and just have, say, if a genie said to me, you've got three moments that you can go back to, it wouldn't be the holidays. It wouldn't be the cars or the the houses. It would be those special moments with um, those special people. That's all. It wouldn't be anything material whatsoever. So think this through. Think it through. Uh, what in your history have been those really special moments that if a genie said to you, you could take the clock back and have through return to three magical moments in your life, what would they be? Because that is the test of what happiness is. That's the test of what's important in your life. So it's an exercise worth doing. Therefore, what I'm coming back to is it's not those moments where you compare yourself unfavorably, usually, um, to others. Therefore, resulting in you beginning to hold yourself back because of that inadequate feeling. That measure just makes us feel inadequate. At work, for example, you might have a colleague that you think, oh, they're so good. They're so good, you know, they do this great. How do they do that? They're brilliant on the phone. They're brilliant with customers. They're they're so much better presenting than me. Why can't I do it like that? They're so confident, you know. Um, And so as you put them up on a pedestal, you then necessarily put yourself down. So as you elevate them, you... By uh, and drawing that comparison in your mind, but you we can all be good, you know. We've got to start looking at what you're good at ourselves. What are we good at? Where are our strengths? What are we proud of? Um, what did I just do well there this morning in that presentation? And, and see what you did well. Um, start coaching yourself, seeing your strengths, so that instead of focusing outside and and elevating everybody else why not look at yourself and elevate you a little bit and I'll tell you for why um this this blew my mind so scientists have worked out I hope I haven't already said this on the podcast I don't believe I have scientists have worked out what the scientific statistical rather probability is of you being you, um, of you being you alive now, right now. Um, so think about that. What do you think is the statistical probability of you being you? So think about this in terms of you being born, you being conceived. What's Think about um, your dad, what was the chances of your dad being where he was and meeting your mum? At that moment, wherever it was, or those people that introduced them, uh, you know, the fact that it happened, the fact that they did speak, the fact that they they did quite like each other, that they did form a relationship, um, that 
that sperm, that particular sperm, met because it could have been one of thousands of others, but it was that particular sperm, that particular egg at that particular time, and was fertilized. Um, and that egg embedded and or implanted or whatever the the <laughs> physical word is the correct biological term is and it survived and it survived the nine months which as we know is is a pretty mean feat in itself lots and lots of um eggs don't get fertilized and they don't survive the nine months um and then it and it was now you and you survived the birth, the trauma of birth. And you survived childhood and you are you, not a different sperm and a different character. You are you now statistically. What do you think it is? One in a whatever. Now, I often ask one-to-one clients this question and they come up with all sorts. One in a, one in a million, one in a billion. What, what, it's got to be pretty low. And they're right. It's actually one in Four hundred trillion. That is just an amazing f- figure. You are a one in four hundred trillion miracle. You are an absolute miracle. Now, if somebody said to you, um, mm, "Buy yourself a lottery. It's a rollover. It's a triple rollover today. Um, it's eighty million pounds." And you've got a one in 400 trillion chance of winning it. Would you spend some money? I wouldn't. That, that statistic is just, that probability is just so low. You would never buy a lottery ticket um, if that were the probability of winning. It'd be a waste of money. And yet, you defied those odds. You defied everything um, and came into the world and survived. And are you now? You are a massive, massive miracle. Your life is a massive gift because you've defied all the odds to get here to be you today. And that is why I so passionately believe we have got to stop comparing ourselves to others, especially when it is less favourably, especially when we put them up on pedestals and elevate them and their worth and their success and their achievements and their looks and their abilities compared with ours. No, don't compare yourself. A, we only see what's on the outside of those and it's usually a polished version, especially on social media. And B, only you can do anything about your results. You can't do anything about them. You can believe in yourself much, much more and think I've defied the odds I am here. I've got this one in 400 trillion chance. This life is a gift. I must stop forever from this moment comparing myself to others. I must stop putting myself down. Must no longer self-doubt. I've got to seize this opportunity. In fact, we've all got a moral obligation to make the most of it um, because we are unique we are a miracle we are we're we're here for a reason we defied those odds for a reason we've just got to live life to the full now don't hold yourself back and think i'm I'm not going to go for that job somebody else be clever go for that job learn something through the experience 
Don't hold yourself back and not do that presentation because I'll only mess it up. Do the presentation. Put loads of work in. Do really well. Practice, rehearse, believe in yourself. Stand up there and enjoy it. Enjoy the moment and learn from it. Don't hold yourself back and not join that sports team because I'll be rubbish. It'll be much better than me. Or don't not have a game of tennis or squash with a new person that's suggested, oh, we must get together and have a game of squash. Yes, go for it. Don't um, not go to a party or on a date because they won't like me or they won't be interested in me or they won't find me attractive. Go for it. What I'm trying to say is you really, really, really are incredible it's incredible that you're even here so we all have the same right we all all of us that's around at the moment all of those contacts and people and colleagues and friends that you you feel maybe possibly slightly inadequate or slightly inferior to no way they defy the odds in exactly the way you have they came into this world in exactly the same way you did and they will go out of this world in the same way as we all will all we have anything in in control of all we all we have responsibility for in between is how we live our life how kind we are to people how polite we are to people how compassionate and caring and loving we are to people and to ourselves and what we do with our time in that time. Don't compare yourself to others. It really is, as I've said before, as much of a waste of energy as trying to catch the wind. It's fruitless. It's a waste of time. And it's a waste of energy. And it's a waste of your attention. Divert that attention onto you and becoming a happier person, a more content and loving person, a more rewarded person, and a person that believes in themselves and goes for anything and everything that comes their way in order to live life to the full. And if you're a parent and you start doing more of this, it will impact on your children. It it will have a positive benefit on your children. They will see you. Children don't do as we say. They do what we do. They do what we do. Look look at all your friends um, and their children and look at your own children. I only have to look at my own children, both of which play hockey because their dad played hockey. Both of them are, um, one more than the other is really, really fit, loves being outside, loves sport, loves teams, loves team activities. Why? Because he's seen that in his parents. He's seen both of us look after ourselves. They have seen both of us look after ourselves put fitness first, put social side of it with teams, whether it's running with people and friendships, being in touch and in contact with people. They have both seen that and they're the same uh, socially. My friend is very much into the countryside, absolutely loves the countryside, knows every tree, knows every bird, knows every bird call. She works for the South Downs uh, National Park. Um, Her son, um is as passionate both sons actually um both passionate about the countryside he writes a blog for the bbc um country file type um magazine or a website or blog or whatever he, he is going to do his degree in that kind of business that that's what they've got from their parents the father is a scout leader and both of the boys are into scouts rangers and all of that they're always camping outside wild camping um they're always out in nature because that's what their mum and dad have done 
another friend, the husband is, loves trials bikes in the mud and the you know off road. Trials bike is part of a group of other guys that do this. His son also does that now. Um, my other friend loves cooking, loves whining and dining, loves having dinner parties. She spends all day putting so much effort in. She just does an amazing job. The table looks beautiful. The food is fantastically displayed and great. Her daughter has just won um, or came second or, or something in, in a, a countrywide uh, youth coaching, um, not coaching, cook it, cookery competition. Her daughter is as passionate about cooking and catering and um caring for people through food in the same way as her mum. We are an example for from our children. They either follow what we do or they rebel and go completely the opposite. One way or the other, we're having an impact in how we live our life. Um, they pick this up and they so often follow in our footsteps or we'll take something and do something opposite. Um, we are having an impression on our kids all the time and what impression do you want to have on them is it a confident one where you believe in yourself and you're sociable and you're very confident socially etc so the more you work on this and and um, develop yourself the more impact it will have on your children and them taking tips from you and examples and role models from you so tell them they are a miracle. Tell them they're one in 400 trillion if they're old enough to understand that figure. Um, and, and tell yourself that figure every single day that you are, um, you, you know, you have defied the odds. So what I'm saying today is believe in yourself. You have every right to be here um, and you you have the right to live your full potential and be the happiest that you can be the most content the most confident that you possibly can be do not compare yourself to anybody else just focus that energy and that mind space and those thoughts instead on something much more helpful which is how you can develop you and believe in you yourself um so that's my little gem for today um Tell yourself that every day. Share that statistic with your friends. Um, it blew my mind and I hope it blows your mind because it is a great little reminder. Um, it puts everything into context and sometimes we need that. And do sit down and think about when you've been most happy and what you were doing at that time. And, what, and therefore we can, as I've said before, knowing that, me knowing that now, I can use the benefit of foresight now. I can take time to spend time with my family and my loved ones, knowing that that is actually care. When I'm caring and giving and looking after and nurturing people, um, that's when I'm at my happiest. No, I don't know if that's true of everybody. Um, it, maybe that's why I went into the job that I went into. Perhaps that's just the needs that I've got. But... Um, find out what yours are, find out when you're most happiest and see how that can filter out into other parts of your life. And just have a great, strong, miraculous week and believe in yourself. Um, I'm really looking forward to talking to you next time on the next episode of Life Coaching on the Move. Thank you. 
Thank you for listening to this episode. I hope you found it useful and interesting. Just to say, if one-to-one coaching is something you feel could be of use to you right now in life, or to one of your youngsters, young people in your life, or anybody else that's struggling, then do feel free to contact me. Email dawn at milestone-coaching.co.uk or you can visit the website www.milestone-coaching.co.uk where you'll see all sorts of things on there, Um, a blog, some free workshops if you're local to Hampshire in the UK, um, or a means uh, by which you can contact me uh, with contact me boxes um, and also some online programmes for sale, online in-depth stress Uh, management program and a shorter time management program all available to you or a loved one or to one of your team members if you're looking to develop one of those Uh, thank you again for listening drop me a line if there is something you would like covered and I will do my best and equally drop me a line if you'd like to share some of your successes Um, I look forward to hearing from you or talking to you on next week's uh, episode of life coaching on the move Mm -hmm.